my knee. If you could clone Brett Favre and put him in all the positions on the field, and then you played against another team of clone Brett Favre, right. I, mean, I, mean, I think the universe would explode. I mean, I... Oh, he put the team on his back. No, let's go inside the mind of Greg Jennings. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. Bad man! Welcome to episode number four of the Get Another Packers podcast. It's a very, very exciting episode. Folks, we are 1-0. Just like we told you we would be. Wasn't sure how it was going to happen. Wasn't sure the way it was going to shake out. But both Evan and I knew somehow, someway, your Green Bay Packers were walking into Soldier Field last Thursday night and coming away with a victory. 1-0, baby. For a while there, the Packers were the very best team in the NFL, and the Bears were the very worst team in the NFL, and that's the way it should have been. Feeling really good heading into this podcast. Evan, what's up, my man? How are you? I'm doing very well. Enjoyed that game thoroughly. I enjoyed seeing the Bears fans shut up a little bit. Um, I'm excited for week two, though. I'm ready to get going. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool um, just to, to see, you know, that, that game was so big in so many ways just with this offseason uh with everything that happened from the moment they fired Mike McCarthy to the moment they actually kicked the ball off on Thursday night I mean just for the talk to finally be over and for the play to actually mean something it it was just so cool it was really great to see the defense step up we're going to talk a lot about that defense it was really great for um head coach Matt LaFleur to get his first win we're going to talk a little bit about that I do want to focus really in kind of on the, on the players who stepped up, uh, the moments that stood out to you, Evan. Uh, we're a couple days late to this. Uh, I was feeling a little bit under the weather, but we're going to break it down like it happened just minutes ago because we, we know you guys out there crave this kind of content and you want meaningful analysis, so that's what we're here for. Uh, start off, though, Evan, just kind of get your general feelings and thoughts. Once that clock hit, hit zero and you saw that the Packers had won, uh, by the score of 10-3. to 3. What an absolutely amazing game, first of all. Uh, I expected more offense, a lot more offense, actually, but I enjoyed the game completely the way it was played. Uh, it was awesome seeing a legitimate Green Bay defense for the first time in what feels like forever. It was a nice change of pace to like not have to sit there on the edge of your seat wondering if Aaron Rodgers can pull it out by himself. Um, it was just awesome to see the Pack open up the season with a huge defensive effort and end up beating the Bears at their own game. Let's be real, coming into the game, the Bears were the team everybody talked about, their defense being the best in the NFL. Green Bay wasn't really talked about it a lot, and I think those guys thrived on that. It was good seeing them love that underdog role and embrace it, and not just embrace it, but come out and actually beat the Bears at their own game. That was awesome. Yeah. Actually, uh, today I was listening to Brian Bulaga after the game, um, talking to the radio, and he mentioned how the underdog role really is not uh, something that they're used to in Green Bay. And granted, you could say, well, the past two years have not been great, but for the duration of, at least since I've been a Packers fan, so it's been a while now, Green Bay has always kind of held that, um, you know, the uh, the top status. Even with the, the years that they've been bad, more often than not, the Packers tend to get the benefit of the doubt. And uh, I just thought it was so telling when before the game, 
uh, you know, the guys on the Sunday Night Football crew are up there, and they, they're making their picks, and it's Bears, 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 Bears. And, of course, I think it was Mike Tirico who picked the Packers, but only so that he could get the points because everybody else picked the Bears. So it was really fitting. First-time head coach, Aaron Rodgers, they've been doubting him all offseason. Uh, there's been a lot of doubt regarding, you know, are, are the moves um, Ron Gutekunst making, are they going to pay off? So many questions, and granted, there are still – Questions that need to be answered heading into week two, three, four. We're certainly not looking at a final product, but it was really awesome to see, uh, at least for the time being, that the moment was not too big for this team. So, Evan, uh, I want to start really on the defensive side of the ball because this Packers team was something special. And and like you mentioned, uh, it's not anything that we've seen in a long time. I don't think a ton of people were ready, actually, for for Green Bay to, to be the team that actually led this game defensively. And now, granted, don't want to take anything away from Chicago. Their defense was great. Khalil Mack is otherworldly. Uh, Akeem Nix is incredible. The, everything that they do on defense is not going to go away just because they lost this game. So that's something worth keeping an eye on and worth mentioning as we move forward and look ahead. But really, it was Green Bay's defense that won the day for the Packers. Obviously, with um, the offense only being able to put up seven points and uh, and uh, Crosby hitting with the three, that's really all they could muster up. But holding Chicago to three points with the quarterback and Mitch Trubisky, who people thought could take that next step, with David Montgomery at running back, Allen Robinson at wide receiver, who is very good. Uh, there was feeling that just the Chicago offense could actually be something worth reckoning. With that said... Uh, the the Packers only allowed 254 yards, total yards, um, 3.9 yards per play, held Mitch Trubisky to 208 yards passing, uh, 46 yards rushing total for for uh, Chicago, which is incredible. Uh, the Bears were 0 for 1 in the red zone. Obviously, there's that big interception from uh, Amos that we need to talk about, uh, and we will talk about. Um, overall, this was just a dominant performance by the Packers in terms of what their defense was able to do. So, so let's start off. Who do you want to talk about first, man? Because we could go anywhere with this. But I, I want to know who really stood out to you as kind of that that five star player for the defense. There was a few of them, in my opinion. I, I loved what Amos did at the end of the game. But if I'm if I'm just off the top of my head taking one guy, I have to go Preston Smith in this game. I thought he was the biggest question mark to me. Um, from the free agent signings. He gave him a big contract. There's been some consistency issues. A lot of people didn't like the numbers on the contract they gave him. And he came out and he just he dominated. He he got to the quarterback a lot. He had what one and a half sacks. He was in the backfield. I, he he looked great. Um if I could pick three, I'm gonna go three. Uh I think I think the second is another new guy, the Smith brothers. The Darius looked awesome as well. Um, he was in the backfield at all times. He was everywhere. And then I think you're also looking at a guy like J.R. Alexander, who we talked about a lot last week. Didn't have those flashy numbers, but he really did a good job of locking down the guy that he was on all game. Definitely. Those three were superstars for this team. Uh, the one thing I liked about Preston Smith was that you know he's good in a very understated way. He's, he's a lot bigger than I thought he would be um, when you see him in pads, when you see him out there. He's very long. He can close really quickly on the ball. And he's just got this this explosiveness to him that we have not seen in a long time. And you can say that uh, the same thing with Zadarius Smith on the other side of the line of scrimmage. My gosh, that dude is quick. Uh, you know, all the talk about him being 
being this big, tough defender, I was expecting a guy to come out there and look like, I don't know, Brian Urlacher in terms of just being bulky and big. But this dude is cut. He is quick. He is lean. And just the way he moves out there, man, we haven't seen that, I don't think, since primetime Clay Matthews. Oh, it's been a while. Absolutely. I mean, Clay Matthews in his prime, definitely one of the most explosive defensive players I've ever seen. Um, but these two guys, I mean, a lot of people, like you said, they had they didn't see him a lot. Zadarius wasn't really hyped up in Baltimore. He was good, but he wasn't amazing. He's really entering the prime of his career right now, though. His body looks great. And I think the other thing to mention is the chemistry between these two guys. You know, you saw after the game and the post-game interviews, Zadarius wanted to wait on Preston so they could do the interview together. They know they're starting something new here in Green Bay. They know defense is the focal point this year. And I thought it was really cool to see those two guys come together as leaders of that locker room, do an interview together, and talk about how they performed, not just in week one, but the expectations they have for themselves moving forward. I thought it was great to see those two guys take on those roles. Absolutely. So in all, Preston Smith finished the game with five tackles, two solo, uh, one and a half sacks, and uh, he was credited with three quarterback hits, uh, pass defended, so he had a huge game. Darius Smith, three tackles. Uh, He had that sack uh, where... Uh, Trubisky tried to step up into the running lane, and uh, Darius was able to get off his defender and, and just kind of cut upfield, made a really good play. Uh, and again, we haven't seen explosion and just agility like that in a long time. So granted, it was just one game, Evan, uh, but you know, with these two getting a bulk of the money that uh, Brian Gutenkunst spent this offseason, how big of an impact are these two going to make on this team? Well, they make all the difference. I mean, that's exactly what the Packers needed last year. It was tough to move on from Perry and Matthews. It's always emotional when you move on from a guy like that. But, you know, like I said earlier, Preston Smith was that guy that they picked up that was going to be the X factor. If he plays up to the money that he got, this defense is going to be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. You know, I've talked about him briefly on previous podcasts, and I just wanted to see what he would bring in game one to see if he had that passion, that fire. Without question, he did. So Darius was everywhere, like you said, forcing pressure up the middle, off the edge. Um, he showed excellent leadership, like I mentioned. With these two guys now now on the roster and playing the way they played in week one, if they keep that up, this defense, the pass rush at least, is going to be top five in the NFL. So I, I think those two definitely deserve um, you know, a heavy billing to start this this episode let's talk about a guy he was not on our rundown but he I mean how how did I forget him Adrian Amos he was a guy I talked up a lot heading into this game just knowing that he's experienced he's a he's a guy who's always in the right place at the right time Um, I felt he was going to make a big play because he knows Trubisky well he knows that Chicago offense well and then lo and behold there he was in that fourth quarter Uh, him and Darnell Savage, man, I don't think we've seen that kind of safety play in a long time in Green Bay. In fact, I know we haven't. Uh, the last guy who played that well was Nick Collins. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, let's kind of lump two of them together because I do think they're going to play really hand in hand for the rest of this year. What are your thoughts on, uh, on how that back end of the defense looked? It looked amazing. Now, that being said, I do want to kind of break him up a little bit. Darnell Savage, I thought he lived up to the hype being a first-round pick, trading up for him completely this game. Green Bay needed that speedy safety that can make plays, can close quick. He's actually a good leader as a rookie, which is which is impressive. Um, he fits the bill perfectly from what Green Bay needed there. Uh, he ended up, I think, with three tackles, a deflection. He had a quarterback hit, almost had a huge interception, couldn't quite make it, but he cut in front of, I believe it was Allen Robinson, on a very clutch play. Um, he's the real deal. Uh, Amos, though, 
Amos is that guy that, that the Packers have needed since Nick Collins, as you mentioned. He's the leader. He's smart. He plays hard. He brings a passion every week. The interception of Trubisky was a game-changing moment. Unfortunately, that didn't end the game with some questionable, in my opinion, questionable play calling going past instead of forcing timeouts. But that was a huge play. You called it. Great job by you. You know, Congrats to you for getting, I think, almost all of your predictions completely right. I love him. He's a huge addition. Stealing from the Bears makes it sweeter, especially with them getting haha Clinton Dix, who didn't look very good. I thought it was interesting how Chicago fans last year were all about Adrian Amos, and then the second he signs with Green Bay, he's average. I think he proved that he is not average. He's a very good safety, and he burnt his former team. I think that the Packers certainly got the better of the, which was essentially a swap between Adrian Amos and haha Clinton Dix. What do you think? Uh, I think that's a pretty 100% yes for me. Let's talk about, you did mention Jair Alexander, just want to call out, he had ended up with five total tackles, uh, three solo tackles, and a half uh, tackle for loss, two passes defended. Uh, honestly, the, his impact goes beyond the stat line. Uh, he's just a guy who's going to shut down uh, any receiver who's, on, who's on, matched up with him. Offenses have already proven to stay away from him. I do expect that's going to continue. We also need to give major, major props to Blake Martinez. Every single year this guy has been a Packer, he's stepped up and he's lived up to expectations and actually exceeded the expectations in, uh, that he had heading into that season. And it looks like he's ready to take another step. Uh, he looked you know, quick, strong. He obviously knows his defense inside and out. I think he's the defensive leader on this team, and which is actually really exciting when you talk about Amos as a leader, when you talk about, um, you know, clearly Jair Alexander is an emotional leader on this defense, but Blake Martinez, man, he's just as steady as a rock. He finished with seven tackles. Five of them were solo. He got a really big sack uh, early in the game. Uh, a tackle and a half, uh, tackle for, excuse me, uh, 1.5 tackles per loss, for a loss, I should say, and then a quarterback hit. So Blake was everywhere, man. Uh, is this the year that he he's recognized for how good he is and ends up in the Pro Bowl? Well, I'm a huge Blake Martinez fan. I'm not sure he makes the Pro Bowl this season. That's not saying, though, that his numbers won't be Pro Bowl caliber numbers. I'm just not sure there's a lot of really good linebackers in the NFC. How good can he be, though? He can be a legitimate superstar. He's improved every year, as you mentioned. He's got some work to do. He's already a heck of a player. He showed it in week one. If he keeps up week one performances the rest of the season, Pro Bowls, without a question, a possibility. Um, but I think there's a, a lot of competition there that he's got to beat out. Uh, touching on Jair Alexander there, um, first of all, he's the best defensive player on this football team. He's got that cocky confidence as you mentioned, an emotional leader. He's going to make the Pro Bowl. Take that to the bank. As far as how good he can become, I actually think he's going to be a top three NFL cornerback by the end of this season. Um, the kid has superstar written all over him. People are taking notice of him after his rookie season. And, uh, you know, I, I think those two guys, Blake Martinez is not very old either. He's young. He's got a lot of room to grow. Those two guys, along with the other names that we mentioned so far, absolutely amazing building blocks for this defense and Mike Pettin. Talking about building blocks, potential young superstars, uh, this is a guy who the Packers are saving money for because they're going to pay him and pay him big time. Kenny Clark, man, uh, again, mentioned Martinez as just a rock. Kenny Clark is right there. Five tackles. Uh, he had a half sack, a really nice play where he and Amos, uh, you know, the one that I'm thinking about where he and, he and Amos uh, busted the line when they try to, a stupid dive to Cordell Patterson on a, on a third and short. 
I, I mean, this guy was all over the field. This, he's a guy who I think on a national level is starting to get that steam of, okay, he's a pro bowler. He's a potential all pro. Would love to hear your thoughts on Kenny Clark's first real action of the season. In my opinion, last season he was one of the best defensive linemen in football. Um, he obviously dealt with some injury issues late in the year. But, I mean, without his presence, Green Bay can't save some money and move on from Mike Daniels. That's not to say that I'd, I wouldn't like to have Mike Daniels still. But that's how comfortable Green Bay felt with Kenny Clark. Mike Daniels is a former pro bowler. He's a star. He really is. And they were able to release him to save a little bit of money because they feel that good about this guy. That says a lot in and of itself. Uh, he's he's going to be a pro bowler. He's a superstar, in my opinion, already. I mean, this, this dude is the real deal. I love him. He's the anchor of the Packers line. Um, and you saw what he's capable of uh, last week. There's really a lot to be excited about when you think about this Packers defense. Uh, a lot of the times when you think about, okay, is this uh, is one side of the ball going to be good? You think about, okay, what are the key positions uh, on any defense? Uh, so you obviously on defense you've got defensive line, linebackers, and then your your um, defensive back. So those are kind of like the three uh, staple positions of a defense. And if you look at what the Packers have going on right now, they have stu- superstars. I said superstars. They have superstars on all three levels. They've got Kenny Clark, who is, as you mentioned, everything that he's built to be, uh, the reason that they can be so flexible on that defensive line. Uh, at linebacker, Blake Martinez, I, I think he's going to move into that upper echelon of linebackers this season. He showed so much speed and just just a tenacity for the ball carrier. I loved it. I think he's about to take a, a next step up. And then, frankly, man, I think they might have a couple in that defensive secondary. Uh, like you mentioned, Jair Alexander, he's a he's on his way to an incredible career. Uh, hopefully he's a Packer for a long time. Um, I do think that Adrian Amos, as long as he remains with the Packers, he's going to be, you know, perhaps he's not a superstar, but he's going to be one of those guys who can just be a solid anchor for a defensive backfield for a long time. And then there's Savage, who you mentioned. He didn't make a ton of plays. He did end up with three tackles, uh, pass uh, defended. He had a quarterback hit. But there was that one drive, man, where he literally shut down the Bears on every single play of the drive. He, he flashed something special the other night to where – I don't think we've seen a, a defensive back uh, who can move so fast, who who just has those instincts to be around the football. He he could play in coverage. He could play down near the line of scrimmage. I honestly think he he's going to be a superstar. So you look at what the Packers have moving forward into the next year or two uh, with Kenny Clark, Blake Martinez, Jair Alexander, um, Amos, Darnell Savage. That's not even talking about Kevin King if he's healthy. This is a unit that could be really special. So with that in mind, we kind of knew these things heading into the game. We weren't sure. We kind of had a feeling. Were you surprised by the fact that this defense was what it was? I mean, yeah, I was, I was a little surprised. I was expecting improvement, but I wasn't expecting dominance. Um, we talked about, I believe, on the first episode, Mike Pettin is one of the best defensive coordinators in the game. So obviously the potential was always there as long as he had the right personnel. I think it's safe to say that he has that now. Brian Gutekunst went out there, and he made sure to get that for him. So, yes, I was surprised that it was so dominant. Holding a team to three points is incredible. Um, I'm not shocked that they looked great. I think there's actually still room for improvement, which which is a scary thought for anybody the Packers play this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was, I was surprised by how dominant they looked against an offense that does have some weapons. Obviously, we talked about the Bears not being a super scary offense, but – 
let's let's not take it away from them. They do have weapons, and the Packers just shut them all down. Do you think this was a case of the Bears and specifically Mitch Trubisky being kind of average, or was it a case of this Packers defense being a real deal? I'd say it's a little bit of both. I, I love the scheme and the talent that I saw defensively for Green Bay. Um, I don't think they necessarily play at that level for the rest of the season. It's kind of, you know, obviously you're not going to hold teams at three points all the time. Um, but that being said, I could easily see them like a fringe top five defense potentially um, as long as these guys develop um, and stay healthy. I think health is the biggest thing with this defense. Um, Chicago's offense is pretty rough. They have weapons. Trubisky showed a lot of improvement last year from his rookie season, but uh, he didn't play much, if at all, in the preseason. I thought that was a massive mistake by the Bears. You could tell that he was rusty. You could tell that offense hadn't played together completely. Um, they just don't scare me, and I'm not really sure they will later in the season. Obviously, they'll improve. Uh, Matt Nagy actually had some really bad play calls, which is not normal from him, so I think that will improve. Um, yeah, it's a combination of both, but I absolutely love what I saw from Green Bay's side of things. Well, uh, that is great, and I loved it too. What I did not love was uh, what I saw on the other side of the football. So uh, I've been trying to avoid that topic uh, for the duration of this weekend. But I think, uh, you know, we have to do it justice. We have to take a look at it and uh, see what we can come away with. Oh, boy. The offense um, did not look so good. And uh, for an offense that has Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham, and is uh, coached by uh, a guy who was brought in here specifically because of his offensive football um, and because, you know, he shook hands with Sean McVay once. Uh, Not a great first showing. Now, there's a lot to digest here, so we're going to really, you know, at at first I was pulling up uh, firematlafleur.com. I was ready to go there, but, you know, you got to give it time. Now that time has healed some of those wounds, I do think there's plenty of good that we can take away from that game. But just on its head, black and white numbers, not great. Aaron Rodgers was pedestrian, to say the least. 18 for 30, 203 yards. He did have a touchdown. No interceptions. We've come to expect that. Even when he doesn't play great, the guy takes care of the ball. And that's what makes Aaron Rodgers partially the MVP he is, is that you know even when he doesn't necessarily win you the game, he's never going to lose you the game. Aaron Jones, 13 carries for 39 yards. He av- he averaged three yards per carry, no touchdowns. Uh, Jamal Williams, five carries for zero yards. So um, clearly Jamal Williams was not getting much done there. Uh, you know, there were a couple guys who stepped up in the receiving game. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had that big 47-yard catch, finished with four receptions for 52. Devontae Adams kind of got going a little bit, but really couldn't get much. Uh, in terms of total yardage, ended up with four for uh, 36. He did uh, have a couple first downs, though. He was certainly somebody who could uh, be relied upon. We'd just love to see him get some more opportunities. And then, of course, Jimmy Graham with uh, his first touchdown catch of the season. He's on pace for 16. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be hopefully a good sign of things to come for the Packers. So let's talk about... I guess initially, is is this because uh, Chicago's defense is so freaking good, or maybe should the Packers have played a little bit this preseason? Well, first of all, before we get into that, I kind of am curious what came up when you Googled firematlafleur.com. Nothing yet. That's good. If I was smart, I would. Uh, I don't want to use it, but if I if I was really smart, I'd probably just buy that domain. 
<laughs> there you go. I like the idea. Um, I, th- I think it was expected by most Packers fans that the offense would get off to a slow start. We talked about it on the last episode a little bit. Matt LaFleur is a brand-new head coach. Aaron Rodgers is in a, is in a brand-new system. This offense didn't play with each other at all in the preseason. Uh, the Bears have an amazing defense. Those factors all made it reasonable to expect a slow start. Uh, there's no need to panic. Um, I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was, especially in the first quarter, um, but I did expect a slow start. Uh, I loved what I saw from the few guys you mentioned there. Marquez Vada-Scantling was awesome. He looked super fast, and, and I, quite frankly, he looked jacked. He looked much stronger than he was last year. Uh, Jimmy Graham was back to being the guy that can be a safety net for Rodgers, in my opinion, even in the limited action we saw him. Uh, quite frankly, though, to me, Rodgers showed me that he's going to be just fine this year. It wasn't a huge game for Rodgers, but he showed me some good things. Obviously, when you get into a new offense, it's hard to pick it up. You don't play with your teammates the entire preseason. You're going to be rusty against a talented Bears defense, and let's not let's not take anything away from the Bears defense with how good the Packers played. That Bears defense is incredible. Um, and quite frankly, 18 for 30 for 203 yards and a touchdown, not great, but with all the factors going against the offense in this game, I actually wasn't terribly upset about it. Okay. I will say this. When Rodgers got going, man, you could just tell something clicked in his head, and uh, I believe it was, that, it was that drive in the second quarter where they kind of started dinking and dunking a little bit. The pressure was getting to him, and then he, he kind of did that little flip toss over to Williams. There's still something special there with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's very hard to deny, and you think about it, he's the one who won this game. Granted, uh, I do think the, the defense won the overarching game, so let me say that, but Rodgers is the one who provided the the touchdown, which became the difference in the score. Um, so it goes to show you what having a guy like him, you know, he, he basically changed the game in all of two minutes. So, you know, having a guy like Rodgers who can hit that big throw to Valdez-Scantling, who has the the moxie and the confidence to throw it up to a guy like Jimmy Graham, you're, you're never going to take that away from Aaron Rodgers as long as he plays. There are times when I feel like he's a little bit too indecisive. Uh, he's still, he still seems unwilling to, to take his hot read, which is something he used to be very well known for. Um, he seems to be extending plays a little bit too long, kind of dancing a little bit back there. And then, of course, there were a couple throws that prime Aaron Rodgers would have hit. And uh, I, I think of one where um, he, I think he hit Jimmy Graham or whoever it was in the toe, uh, which could have been an interception if that didn't hit the ground first. Do you, do you see any regression there at all? Are we living in a different Aaron Rodgers era where, you know, may, he's still, you know, a top five quarterback, but maybe he's just not the otherworldly alien figure that he used to be? You know, I, I think Rodgers is definitely showing some signs of age. Um, I'm not sure that's really what it is, though. I still think he's in his prime, the latter stage of it, but I still think he's going to be in his prime and he's going to put up amazing numbers. Um, I actually think he's going to end up being an MVP candidate this year. Um, quite frankly, he, he looked good outside of a couple missed throws. Like I said just a little bit ago, it's very difficult to have him come in after not playing all preseason. Live snaps matter. So whatever Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers were saying about how it doesn't matter, practice reps are just as good, they're not. They are not just as good. And it showed. It showed for Trubisky, too. So I'm not going to take much from this game. I think that was the practice game that Rodgers would have used the preseason for. I'm throwing that one out. I think in week two against the Vikings, you know, I think he's going to be a lot better. He said he's going to be a lot better. He knows he needs to be better. Um, Missing some throws, you know, hitting a guy in the foot, 
that happens to everybody. That happens. That happened to Rodgers in his prime. I'm not terribly worried about a couple missed throws. Um, I saw the version of Rodgers uh, from his prime that you were talking about on that one drive. I think he's more capable of it as he gets more accustomed to the offense and as he gets more accustomed to his teammates. Because um, there was a very small sample size of Marquez Valdez-Scantling last year. Yes, he played. He did not have as big of a role. Geronimo Allison wasn't really around a whole lot last year. Uh, Jimmy Graham wasn't playing passionate football, so to speak, in my opinion. I thought he played a decent year. He didn't have the fire that he showed me in game one this year. Um, there's a lot of new pieces in that offense. No Randall Cobb. You know, you're looking at a lot of changes around Rodgers that he's got to get used to. So I don't think you can put the blame on him this week. I don't think you can be worried about him yet. I actually think he's going to be just fine. He's going to be an MVP candidate. Um, I think it's time to relax, so to speak, in Aaron Rodgers' own words. R-E-L-A-X, as the great one once said. Uh, you, you mentioned Jimmy Graham having that fire in his eyes. He ended up with three receptions for 30 yards, average 10, uh, 10 reception if you struggle with math. Um, of course he had the, the touchdown and, uh, the play that really sticks out to me was when he, uh, he caught something over the middle, ran probably five yards and then jumped over a bears defender, which was, it was a beautiful play. It was prime Jimmy Graham. Do you think we're going to be able to see that more this season? Absolutely. I've been saying it for what a couple months now. Jimmy Graham's still a playmaker. He may not be the superstar athlete, um, that he once was back with the new Orleans saints, but with a quarterback like Rogers throwing the ball, he can still be deadly. Um, he showed me that aggression that I talked about. He showed me some athleticism, which we didn't see a whole lot of last year. He seems healthy compared to last year. Uh, the leaping play over over a bear was awesome. That that showed me something that we didn't see at all last year. The passion's back, and I think he's in line for a massive season. I do want to really quick touch on um, one last aspect of this offense, and that's the running game. We know that Matt LaFleur is going to be very adamant about using the run to really set up this offense. And we've seen glimpses of it through the preseason, through this first game. Uh, they like to use, obviously, the zone running scheme is very big. Um, cutbacks are going to be huge in that scheme in terms of uh, you know, taking a defense, stretching it out uh, via the outside zone, and then cutting back into the vacated or the uh, the holes that are left just through over pursuit of linebacker safety stuff of that nature. Aaron Jones had a very very tough game. Now, granted, he's playing the best defense in the NFL. He grinded out 39 yards, man. Average three a carry, uh, a little bit less than what we're used to. I think he played. Uh, a game that was actually very understated in the fact that once you know the Bears got a little bit winded on on um, defense, Jones started picking up chunks of yardage, uh, five yards here, seven yards here, and that was towards the end of the game. So he didn't have a big fantasy football game, and that's what a lot of people were hoping for from Jones. He's kind of that big hype guy with fantasy. But in terms of actual X's and O's, strategic football Aaron Jones was who he needed to be for the Packers now granted do we want to see him run for over 100 yards and play a big role in the passing game absolutely and I think we'll see that heading into the future uh what do you take away from you know the the 39 carry or 39 yards for Jones not really a splashy day but I thought it was a workhorse day absolutely I have zero concerns about the run game it seems like a lot of people are overreacting to it as you mentioned, Chicago has an amazing defensive line. You're looking at, I mean, honestly, the best defense, in my opinion, again this year. I mean, they have they are stacked everywhere, but their line is a strength. Um, Aaron Jones wasn't going to have a big game as far as big numbers. Jamal Williams wasn't going to change anything. 
I think they'll be just fine. That's Aaron Jones' first game, too. We didn't play in the preseason. They'll be fine. No need to worry about it. I actually agree with you that he, he had some big plays late in the game. I was a little bit surprised um, with how how LeFleur managed the running back situation. I know a lot of fans are also talking about um, him sitting out quite a bit in favor of Jamal Williams, which is what McCarthy did quite a bit that ticked off a lot of fans. I think Jones gets a lot of run next week against the Vikings. I'm not concerned about him. That's his first game. Again, kind of goes back to what I said about Rodgers. That's the game that he should have had in the preseason to get ready for this. He couldn't because he was dealing with injuries. Jones will be just fine. This running game will be back to normal next week against a pretty tough line in and of itself in Minnesota. All right, uh, Evan, let's do a couple quick hits here. Uh, J.K. Scott, he's the NFL MVP, right? I mean, he has to be, right? I mean, punting's an underrated part of football, and it's going to come into play again before the season's over. The dude was on fire, cannon of a leg. Great job. Matt LaFleur, what are your thoughts on his first win? Love it. Starting a new era of football in Green Bay with a win, that's huge. Set the tone for the rest of the season. Knock off the Bears. You can't get better than that. I also love seeing Rodgers and the team rally around him in the locker room after the game, um, giving him the game ball. This team really likes their head coach. Regardless of what the media says, they are on the same page. This team loves LaFleur. He seems to have full control of that team. Um, he's young. He made some mistakes. Love seeing him get that first win. Wonderful. And I, I also am very excited for LaFleur. I'm also excited for this segment coming up here. Um, it's something we're going to do every game, breaking down the five stars of the game. So uh, kind of think about it like recruiting. You've got your one star who, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, I'm too excited about him. And then you've got your five-star athlete with 200 different offers going to Clemson or Alabama. We don't know which one. We're going to break down right now the five stars of the game for the Packers in this win. We'll do it win or loss. Evan, who's your number one star? I mean, just because of the hype surrounding him, it was Rashawn Gary. Not terribly wor worried about it, honestly. But, I mean, I think because of the hype and not knowing what his role was going to be, I think a lot of people thought it'd be more than six snaps. I'm just going to give it to him right now. Okay. And two-star. Honestly, Devontae Adams, or, I hate to give it to him. I, it's hard to do, but I, he didn't have a big game. I thought he could have... Uh, Made a little bit of a bigger impact. Maybe that's on Rodgers, too, but I'll just go there. Okay. Now we're looking for a guy who did make an impact as a three-star. Uh, perhaps wasn't the superstar of the game, but a guy who you felt had a solid performance. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. I, I got to go there at this point. I mean, like, like you said, a little bit of concern about him. Maybe he's showing signs of regression. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just an early season slow start. Um, didn't have a great impact, but he still made enough plays to get the Packers the duck. Four star, this is a guy who could have been the superstar, didn't make enough plays, but I mean, man, when you talk about this guy, he's a guy you need in order to get the win. Adrian Amos in this one. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to pick between this guy and the five star that I have thought out, um, but Amos is going to take the four star here. That pick at the end of the game was huge, so he deserves this four star spot. All right, drum roll, please. Da -da 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 -da. Let's hear that five star player of the game for the Green Bay Packers in this win over the Chicago Bears. Kenny Clark. Without question, Kenny Clark for me. Um, shutting down the middle of the line was huge. The Bears couldn't get the running game going. And when with Trubisky uh, struggling like that, you had to make sure they couldn't run the football and take the pressure off of him. I thought Clark had a few massive plays to force punts. Um, he looked great. He looked absolutely amazing. He wasn't the heralded star, but he deserves the credit. Wow. Kind of threw me for a curveball there. I was pretty sure we were going to end up with a Darius Smith, a Preston Smith. 
um, even a Blake Martinez. But uh, it's hard to argue, man. Uh, like you mentioned earlier on in the podcast, Kenny Clark is the linchpin of this Packers defense. Uh, he's he's kind of what everything revolves around. So uh, I'm not going to argue with you there. I do think Zarius Smith deserves mention, though, because, man, he was everywhere. And he just brings this different tenacity to to the football team that, you know, I don't think has been there in a while. Oh, I, I can agree with that, too. I, that's that's a guy that I thought about. I'm sitting there thinking about it. I'm not going to give him lower than a four. So at that point, I mean, if I could have two fives, it would be those two. But, I mean, at the same time, you know, they're superstars of this game. It's hard to, it's hard to pick both of them. That's the way we play it. So that was uh, the five-star players of the game in this win uh, of the uh, 10-3 variety. Did not see it coming, but, man, we'll take it. Your Packers are 1-0. Uh, keep an eye out here in the next couple days. Uh, we're going to be breaking down everything uh, surrounding the Vikings game. They're going to be coming to Lambeau uh, to play um, your Green Bay Packers. So and, and we're going to kind of let this win uh, simmer for a few days, and then we're going to get right back to it, just like the Packers are. It's going to be a huge game. Uh, right now, the Bears are at the bottom of the division, which is beautiful. Uh, the Lions ended up just blowing that game against the Cardinals. And, uh, I mean, a tie, you might as well just take the loss there, especially where they were at in the fourth quarter. Um, that's just insane. And then the Vikings, frankly, they looked really good. Uh, so we're going to do our homework and really dive into what that game is going to mean, um, you know, for you know, for the Packers, what it's going to mean for this division. But at least right now, uh, Green Bay looks really good. Uh, and granted, it's just one game, but you have to think that that defense is, is going to continue to be elite. And I do believe the offense is going to start to come into form. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, so uh, hope has to be pretty abundant there. Uh, Evan, I'd love to hear your final thoughts, man. Then we'll we'll let everybody go. I just want to continue thanking everybody for tuning in. We really appreciate all of you guys for listening. Um, hopefully, you enjoy it, and hopefully, we provide quality content. Um, if you don't agree with that, that's awesome. Um, but we still appreciate you listening in on our stupidity. So, with that being said, let's do it again this week. Let's beat the Vikings. 2-0. Go Pack Go. 2-0. Go Pack Go. Go like us on um, Twitter. You can follow us there. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please uh, subscribe and write us a nice review. Uh, give us five stars at the very least. And, uh, yeah, if you're on uh, Spotify, Twitch, Twitter, whatever the heck it is, wherever else you're listening to us, thank you so much. Uh, make sure to send us in your questions. We'd love to do a mailbag here for episode number five, looking ahead to the Vikings game. Uh, so we'll do a couple more call-outs for that. Uh, like Evan said, we appreciate everybody out there. We're really excited to go 2-0. So we'll talk to you then. <laughs>